Morning prayer begins on page three. O oh, send out thy light and thy truth that they may lead me and bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. O oh, Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, that they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 9 on page 351. <clears throat> I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will speak of all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. Yea, my songs will I make of thy name, O thou most highest. While mine enemies are driven back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou art set in the throne that judgest right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen and destroyed the ungodly. Thou hast put out their name for ever and ever. O thou enemy, thy destructions are come to a perpetual end. Even as the cities which thou hast destroyed, whose memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure for ever. He hath also prepared his seat for judgment. For he shall judge the world in righteousness, and minister true judgment unto the people. The Lord also will be a defense for the oppressed, even a refuge in due time of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast never failed them that seek thee. O praise the Lord which dwelleth in Zion, Show the people of his doings. For when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them, and forgetteth not the complaint of the poor. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider the trouble which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. That I may show all thy praises within the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, in the same net which they hid privily as their foot taken. The Lord is known to execute judgment, 
the ungodly is trapped in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned to destruction, and all the people that forget God. For the poor shall not always be forgotten. The patient abiding of the meek shall not perish forever. Up, Lord, and let not man have the upper hand. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the heathen may know themselves to be but men. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth chapter of the book of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all the possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai his wife, Indeed I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore it will happen, when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was, when Abram came into Egypt, that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her, and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife, take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, with his wife and all that he had. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, 
praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, God end. Amen. You begin at the second verse of the ninth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one, but only Jesus with themselves. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should, not, that they should tell no one the things that they had seen, till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, saying, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and told them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And how is it written concerning the Son of Man, that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I say to you that Elijah has also come, and they did to him whatever they wished as it is written of him. Here ended the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, who seest we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. Our lesson from Genesis, I think we can compare a theme with the what we read yesterday in the Tower of Babel story that the impetus in, in the Tower of Babel is let's stay put, build a monument, make a name for ourselves. And but God's way of saying go, the you know, the original command was be fruitful and fill the earth. In other words, go. And so when he calls Abraham, he, he says, leave your country and go to a new place. And he's going to go and be fruitful and multiply in that place. And this seems to correspond with the call to the call to faith is a call to leave and go. Now Sometimes this leaving and going can be, you know, geographical. We're not, not everybody who gets converted is supposed to move to a brand new country, but it's always, there's always a dislodging aspect to it. We're, we're going to um, leave the way of life we're comfortable with in which we're doing things the way we're used to doing them and go into the uncertainty of following God. And as we look towards Lent, I think that's an interesting theme to, for us to meditate on. What's the Lenten fast? How have we become comfortable with our own way of doing things? And how can we move into some discomfort of faith that might lead to a, a season of change and blessing? And what we have in Genesis 12 is, is the narrowing of the focus of, of the covenant 
there was a there was a covenant with Noah, uh, his descendants. Now it's coming down to Abraham, and Abraham's a seminal figure. Uh, first, he he seems to be the first historical figure. That is not that the others were completely fictitious, but Abraham is dated just a little bit before 2000 BC, and and so he he comes into the map of history, and he is blessed. And the story it it. it it's not Abraham's finest moment to pawn his wife off as his sister, but I think the gist of the story there is to um, show that he is the chosen. That is, God's going to protect his wife, who's going to be uh, the mother of, of his seed, who is ultimately Christ. And so when people threaten it, um, that they, they, will, there will be consequences. And we have a sort of small hint of the future Exodus narrative, because they're down in Egypt, the Pharaoh um, oppresses the chosen, and he's plagued in his house, and he gets mad and lets them go because of what God has done, themes all of which will be replayed in the actual Exodus narrative. And then we get to the New Testament uh, lesson, the Transfiguration. This is the highlighting that that Jesus is the chosen seed of Abraham, the one this is my son, hear him. But we should understand that in the New Testament, this is because Jesus is this seed of Abraham. Um, as as St. Paul says, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He doesn't mean every descendant. He means one descendant, Christ. And the universality of the promises made to Abraham go from the, the, the big promise to Abraham, narrows down to Christ, and then expands out from there to everybody who puts their faith in him. And this is when we, when we pray Benedictus, um, we, that's why we say, to perform the oath which you swear to our forefather Abraham. That's our forefather Abraham. Because if we become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ, we become inheritors of the, prob- of the promise made to Abraham. And you know, a closing note, the transfiguration where the glory is um, revealed and the disciples want to, Peter, James, and John want to capture it, but it can't be captured. It, it's a taste we have to the gift of the Spirit, but we have to um, leave again, leave that and go our way of the cross on the way to Easter. And that's what we remember as you approach the season of Lent, that we, we taste the glory, but we also have to embrace our share of the cross through which we will enter into that, the, the fullness of the glory that God has for us. And that's, that's sort of the, the, the opportunity of Lent to figure out how to pick up our cross a little bit more and grow more into that image of Christ and therefore experience in greater measure the, the, the glory of, of resurrection, even now through, through the Spirit. So we'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserve of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness 
all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. That it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all this morning. Have a great day. Peace. Thanks, Bishop. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye.